What's up, y'all? Michael Lee, Back to His Life Podcast, episode, holy cow, 60-something. You lose count after time, just because I can't keep up with what I did yesterday, much less what podcast number I'm on. But anyway, thank y'all for hopping on here and, and uh, checking this one out. <clears throat> it's going to be fun, I hope. Um, hope you'll get something out of this one, because it's something that I've been thinking about and hitting on here uh, with a few buddy of mine, different conversations we've had about deer hunting and the off season. What difference does it make if you're adding supplemental food or food plots or minerals in the off season? Well, to be honest with you, it's it's an important part, I think, in my years, if you will, of experience to have feeding stations uh, in states that is legal, of course. And here in Georgia, we, it is legal. And, and there are many states in the country that it is legal to feed and have minerals and have food plots, which I think just about every state has, you can have food plots. And we'll, we'll go down that wormhole right quick with food plots. Having a year-round food source, even if it's just food plots for your deer, is a great idea because they develop their home territories um, you're providing a food source that is, quote, natural, I guess. So they feel more comfortable, more at home. And a rule of thumb that I've always been told is um, 10% of your property that you hunt should be in food plots. Now, that's hard to pull off because we have one piece of property that's almost 1,000 acres. That's 100 acres of food plots. We can't do that. One, it's not possible because we don't own the property. Um, so we can't go in and, and clear cut a hundred acres to make food plots. Now we could plant <clears throat> almost every inch of plantable part of that property in food plots and we still won't make a hundred acres. That's not our fault. So that rule of thumb is for those of you that own your own property, have full control, can do what you want to. If that's what you want to do, then go for it. It costs a lot. Trust me. I've looked into it, clearing the land, getting it ready to plant. And then the planting itself, lime, fertilizer, seed. Food plots are an expensive element, but can be very worthwhile because you're providing those food sources. I love hunting food plots. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do, especially in afternoons. Um, during the rut, they're really good because deer are popping in and out, checking for does. And again, you've got a year-round spot. Yes, you, you need a tractor or something, you know, sustainable to plant with. you got to have equipment. It's a healthy investment, but it's also worthwhile if you have the means to do so. Now, let's step back to the ones maybe you don't have the means to do food plots like that, but you can save up enough money to buy minerals and buy feed and some feeders and continue to do that on your property. So in a lot of states where it's not legal to feed during hunting season, you can still feed and use minerals in the off season. So that's kind of what I want to hit on. I, after decades of hunting, especially here in Georgia, trying to pattern mature deer, see what they do when they do it. Um, I'm a fan of the gravity type feeders um i'm not plugging anybody specifically but we use you know the boss bucks i've used the banks we use rednecks and 
those type of feeders that have a chute at the bottom. And we build our own troughs. So we use 55 gallon drums, we use extra wood, whatever. We, we build and have these type feeders. So these are, you know, what a lot of people call free choice feeders so the deer can come and go when, as they please and eat whenever they want to. These are important tools based on what I've seen over the years to have bucks on your property. Now, a lot of people go and they get a spinner type feeder, um, you know, goes off 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever, puts out corn. And that's great. I think you're pat I've definitely seen your, your does pattern to that. Um, they teach the fawns, the fawns pattern to that. For the most part, your mature bucks, at least where I hunt, don't pattern very well at all. And they don't come to those spin type feeders nearly as often as they do the free choice type feeders. Um, we work with Antler King. If you've been, you know, any, had anything to do with watching Backwards Life or listening to this before you've heard Antler King. Great people to work with and make great products. They're very drought tolerant. The feeds are awesome. The deer really get a lot from it. Um, <clears throat> they have deer and elk pellets. They have rack maker um, and, and, and tons of other supplemental type things. They've got trophy deer minerals. They've got uh, just a plethora of blocks, you know, the, the, the wildlife blocks of different kinds. They've got apple burst flavors. They've got... Um, grains flavor i mean there there's just tons of options for mountain king we use all of these in the off season during the season to supplement so i really feel like this helps with body recovery when you can have these free choice types of feeds after deer season is over so say your bucks are coming down the secondary ruts over whether that's december or january depending on where you're at in this country it could be in the february so forth but these deer really need recovery after that now food sources are imperative but if you're a northern state or whatever you got a hard winter guess what there's not a lot for these guys to eat and the girls too because the does have to recover after running around from the rut they just don't do it as long as the bugs but when a deer loses i mean i've seen bucks lose good gosh go from a 200 pound live weight deer to 130 150 pound live weight deer I mean, there's 25% of their body weight or more lost during the rut. They've got to pack on and recover their bodies before they can go back into antler growth. So if you provide them a mineral, high-quality food with protein, with fat, with calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, all these elements that go into sustaining their bodies, they can recover faster. And then, guess what? When they grow antlers, everything is extra. All of your surplus nutrients. And what is an antler made of? It's basically a bone. It's one of the fastest growing tissues in the world. On the planet. Is antler. Think about elk. Think about deer. Think about how fast they put that on. In just a few months, they can go to a full whatever size rack. But that's made of bone. High in calcium. Why do you think squirrels and other rodents chew on these things? To get those nutrients from those antlers. Nothing goes to waste in nature. So we have to provide them surplus amounts of those elements for them to grow. Everything goes to their body recovery. Then everything extra goes to antlers. So having minerals, off-season feeding program, even during the season feeding program, 
And we do have, we have feed stations that we maintain during the season that we don't hunt around just so that the deer can have a spot to pop in and out, get a little bit to eat, go back about their day. And I mean, they're really, really good scouting spots too. We may have stands in a 360 degrees around those areas to catch the deer coming and going in and out, you know, that we have a target buck or whatever that we're trying to, trying to shoot. But, um, these things are really good tools. They're really good parts of your management plan. Think about if you're growing cattle now, different apples and oranges, they're totally different, you know, digestive systems and so forth. But <clears throat> your goal is to grow that cow to the peak size that it can. Now, a lot of people in the, in the deer hunting world, you know, you may not care about size of antlers. You may not care about the health of your deer. You just want to go out and you want to shoot one. That's fine. Then, then you can forget everything that I've said so far if that's what you want to do. But for those of us that do try to see how nice of bucks we can harvest, I mean, I, if I'm if I'm going to shoot a doe, I want to shoot the biggest, fattest doe that I can because that's going to provide more meat for my freezer for that bullet or that arrow. I mean, yes, a yearling doe may taste better, maybe more tender, but man, you're going to get a fraction of the meat you offer of that big doe. And if you know how to cook the meat right, it's going to taste good no matter what. That's the way I look at it. It's an ROI. If I'm going to spend this money and I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to get optimal weights, optimal maturity to these animals. I owe it to them uh, for providing me with the enjoyment of watching them, of them you know, populating my property so that future generations can hunt these things and we can have fun and have a nice herd to go sit in the stand and see deer. That's our goal. That's what we like to do. That's what makes it fun. And then when you shoot one and you get to put it in your freezer, that's icing on the cake. And Lord knows the way things are going right now in this country. Uh, I may be spending money on that kind of investment, but I'm investing in myself and I'm investing in having fun and I'm investing in food. So it's a, it's a total return other than taking the same amount of money and going to the grocery store and being frustrated with what's there, what's not there, having to deal with people in this world that are lost their freaking minds. I would rather just go grocery shopping in the woods and to optimize your grocery shopping possibilities, management, feeding programs, food plots. And now on top of all that, I enjoy filling up feeders. I enjoy checking cameras. I enjoy riding the tractor. I enjoy planting food plots. I enjoy sweating a little bit and getting out of this office and being thankful that I can be outside and get around and do the things that I do. That's the way I look at it. So there you go. That's a quick synopsis. I mean, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm just old redneck that's done this for a long time and I've seen what it can and can't do. And um, basically our project for the last five years has been take old South Georgia sandy pine tree dirt deer and turn them into nice respectable bucks through our management plan. And yes, our neighbors get to reap the benefits, but um, we enjoy it. We, we like hunting. We like what we see and, <clears throat> you know, we have fun while we're doing it. So hopefully this gives you some insight of a somewhat overview of what you can be doing to make things better in the off season for your deer season. 
because I can tell you the, 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 the honest truth is the things I've just told you with the feeding programs and the food plots makes a huge difference when deer season gets closer. Uh, yes, you're not going to have all the bucks that you may have on camera. You may only have a fraction of them. They may leave because deer also summer in places and then they winter in places that aren't the same. There are definitely some that stay around, but there's a lot. Like if you've got 25 bucks on your property that are mature deer, they're all not going to probably stay on your property unless you've got a huge piece of land just because competition's high. If you've got a healthy deer herd, you're going to have a lot of does. You're going to have a lot of younger bucks. You know, you're going to have a whole hierarchy there, and some of these big boys are going to go somewhere else. They may not come back. Neighbors may thank you for it. But with that being said, for one that leaves you, another one may show up because you have those food sources. You're going to draw more deer into your property overall, especially late season, by providing food sources for them. Just something to think about. All right. Y'all have a great week. Have a great weekend. Get out there and enjoy the woods. Try not to get too hot. Good Lord knows it's been hot enough here already. But welcome to July. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Talk to you all soon. Thank you all for listening to the Back of His Life podcast. It's me, Michael. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you made it this far and you're hearing this part, you definitely will listen to the whole show. I appreciate it very much. Talk to you soon.